Honestly, for all the sex talk that I've been having lately, I feel like I haven't given as much love to the relationship talk, you know? Like, I know they're sort of intertwined, blah, 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 but I really feel like I haven't given it much love. So this episode is going to be about the couples and, you know, just to sort of try and put some balance and, you know, seem like I actually do care about relationships, even though most of what I've been talking about of late has been something that's related to shagging. And I will start things off from the world of sports. Now, an Ohio softball coach who is 31 years old faces years in prison after she had sex with a 17-year-old student eight times including in the back of her car, and then begged him not to report her. Okay, I'm gonna start by admitting this isn't how I thought the episode would begin, but oh well, you know what the saying is. Okay, so with this story, and I promise this is going to be the only sex-related story that I'm going to cover, so in this particular story, now I've I've covered the whole, you know, a teacher banging a student, a female teacher banging, you know, a teenage student. Like I feel like I've covered it quite a bit this year and more so over the past, I guess, probably three to five months. But in this particular case, I'm finding it a little hard to be on the guy's side. Like normally I will always be on the guy's side and by all means I am sort of still understanding that, you know what, this is a minor and what was done was wrong and everything. It's just that this guy is 17. Like, the fact that this guy is 17 does raise a couple of eyebrows because I've actually sort of had this discussion before and I was even talking about the babes. It was when DJ Academics had sort of mentioned that there was nothing wrong with shagging a 17-year-old because there's no real difference between a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old. What I had said earlier on was the fact that it's not like when someone turns 18, they automatically gain the conscience and they can now reason like an adult, blah, blah, blah. Nah, like the kind of mentality that a guy or a babe had when she was 17 is probably going to be the same exact mentality that they'll have when they're 18. Now, I'm not saying that this is discounted or anything. It's just that by the time you're shagging a coach eight times, eight it's not like it was one time or not, eight times, even though you're coming out to report that it was rape by force and that's what she's actually being charged with, I do kind of have to ask if nigger actually just decided to be an asshole because he got tired of shagging the teacher because I feel like that's what happened. I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm not saying that I don't believe what the young student went through. It's just that it seems a little bit hard for you as a dude to go through this ordeal eight times and do absolutely nothing about it as if the female softball coach had your balls under arrest. Like, if there was something that would show that this guy was going through some level of sexual abuse, like, I don't know, maybe she said she wouldn't push him to, like, the main school team or some shit, then there at least you can say that that sex was sort of solicited to a certain degree. But the reality of it is, this dude, at least by the evidence that currently exists on this post here, wasn't blackmailed, wasn't extorted into having to shag this teacher. They've pretty much been doing it eight times. So at what point do you actually question if it was consensual or not? Because this babe begged him not to report. If it was a case where she was the dominant person then she'd have probably blackmailed him or threatened him or some shit. But none of that was mentioned. So, I don't know. This is one of those few times when I feel like going up against the male side of things. But anyways, it is a kid and I will leave it at that. I'll see what the courts have to say. Hopefully, I can keep track of this story. 
But for now, we do have a podcast that we need to do that doesn't involve kids, but sometimes involves shagging. And it usually goes by Break Time on West Side. And you'll know that it started when you hear... Welcome to Break Time on West Side, your number one Break Time podcast, coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who still to this day wishes he could bang some of his teachers. Because I'm not gonna lie, those were some of the people that showed us crushes and where our interests in males were coming from. He's a man whose sickness for the thickness prevents him from skinny dipping. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Danverby. The show is Tweet Street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets and break them down a little bit. Now, as usual, if you know the drill, then you can repeat it after me. If you don't know the drill, then it's okay. And if you know the drill, then you know what's up. Because it's a very simple way in which you can contribute to the making of these episodes that come out every Friday at 9am and you know contribute to the many many different topics that we tend to talk about on this show. Now it's a pretty simple riddle and it almost sounds like a song and it goes like this. You see that tweet, you like that tweet, you want us to discuss that tweet, you send that tweet. You send it to the DMs of the D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle. And I will take it from there and I will handle it accordingly. On Facebook and on IG, it is at Breaktime on West Side. The DMs are always open, so if it's a screenshot or a screen grab from Twitter that you feel like we should talk about that just so have happened to have ended up either on IG or on Facebook, then that is the place to send it to. And I will take it from there and I will handle it accordingly. Now. I do have a couple of tweets that I need to get into, but before I get into that, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. Now, first of all, we need to talk about Kilimani for a little bit. Now, for those of you all that don't know who or what Kilimani is, it is a neighborhood. It is a residential area in this Nairobi that I live in. And it was recently ranked 28th in the coolest neighborhoods category all over the world and the highest in Africa. So apparently, there's a group of people that think about which is the coolest neighborhoods on the planet and they decide to check and they found Kilimani to be one of them. Now, I don't have anything against them. I feel like it is well deserved to a certain degree. I just want to know how they got to rank it because if you're looking at real estate, if you're looking at, you know, traffic levels, if you're looking at access to amenities and shit, if you're looking at the kind of environment and the people that live in certain places, like I don't know. I'd I'd be very curious to find out what it is that kind of gave the whole impression that Kilimani is, you know, the coolest neighborhood in Africa. Now, by all means, like I said, I do feel that if it's been ranked highly, then it's great and I don't have anything against it. It's just that I feel like there's some other neighborhoods that are way better. But anyways, that one's just me. That was just me. Let me not sound like a sore loser because the West Side, or should I say Westlands, was not considered. Now, moving it on. So... For those of you all that have listened to this podcast quite a bit, you know that I've mentioned the name Oloni a couple of times. She's this very sex-positive lady from the UK that tends to talk about, you know, women getting their pleasure and shit. And I think I've even had an entire main topic and episode about some of the stuff that she's spoken about. Now, about three, four weeks ago, when she was busy trying to hype up the launch of her book, The Big O, she decided to take something that she had posted up on Twitter and bring it to the IG. Now, it was a very simple question and it was asking the ladies why they faked their orgasm. Now, I'd have gone into the responses and by all means, like they probably would have been funny as hell. But I actually want to focus on the caption that she put there because I feel like that's what's more interesting for me in this particular case. Now, she says, and I quote, I know some women will read this and be like, could never be me. But I also know that deep down, many of you can relate. 
Whether you have or you haven't faked it, the orgasm gap still tells us that women are not benefiting from an experience which is meant to be mutually beneficial. I think that because women have always been taught to massage the male ego in all areas of our lives, many of us find it difficult to be honest in the bedroom, a space where men are supposed to lead and know what they're doing. There's also been very little info on what female pleasure is actually meant to look like. We'll say it was good when it wasn't, fake moan when the strokes aren't even hitting, and say we climax just so he can finally get off. But we shouldn't have to. The big O which is out blah 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 blah. Alright, let me just end it there and just end quote there. Now, here's the thing. I normally tend to have issues with some of the stuff that she says, especially relating to guys. But I think there was one part here that I can actually say that I was really happy that she mentioned. And it's the part that she says that sex is mutually beneficial. The problem is, after that, she decides to go and take a shit on dudes. Because here's the funny thing, you know, she comes in to say that the bedroom is a space where men are supposed to lead and know what they're doing. And then goes ahead to contradict herself and say that there's also been very little info on what female pleasure is actually meant to look like. And here's my issue with the entire thing, because I feel like I've said this once and I don't mind saying this again because it hasn't been said enough. A good part of the reason why babes will complain that men don't pleasure them, yet guys get off very easily is because theirs is harder and ours is simpler. If men getting an orgasm was just as hard if not harder than women, then we would not be having this discussion as of right now. By all means, I love the fact that women are getting more pleasure nowadays and they're more open to talking about their pleasure, but when you kind of look at it, a good part of the reason why y'all aren't getting your pleasure is because for us guys, we didn't even know that it was that hard in the first place. Hell, like, I'm not even ashamed to say this. 10 or so years ago, I didn't even know that babes got horny. Like, I grew up knowing that when you're getting sex from a babe, it means that you know you've pretty much gotten the game on and you've managed to push it all the way till boss level and you've managed to beat boss mode. And if she really really cares about you, you know she'll let you have it because it's supposed to be a reward of sorts. That's how I pictured sex. I didn't think of it as, oh if a shorty is you know also feeling me a certain type of way, that that's what I'll do. Now take that image and throw it across a bunch of different guys, some who might even be over the age of 40 and others who might even be under the age of 20. That's a massive pool of dudes that know little to nothing about female pleasure. Then on top of that, there's the fact that we've just started discussing it and we've barely scratched the surface in terms of learning how to pleasure women, at least with most of us that's the case. You can't expect most guys to know how to pleasure a woman because for us guys, we know how easy it is for us guys to get pleasure and as long as we can get our rocks off, if we feel like we've done a good job and you don't tell us that we've done a bad job, then we're probably going to think that we did a good job. So in one way or another, I feel like this is garbage that babes usually say to each other because if they actually did care, then they'd actually take the shitty sex and move on or they would in that point in time tell us what we need to do so that we can give them maximum pleasure. But all this complaining that babes have all the way in between, that's just garbage. Hell, even us guys have shitty sex and we don't talk about it the way you guys do. So I'm gonna leave it at that and I'm gonna move it on to the main topic and hopefully I won't even have to talk about sex again. So on to our very first tweet of this episode. Having a girl nobody touched since you met her is the biggest flex a man can have. 
Real talk. Okay, can I really say that it's the biggest flex a man can have? It's it's a little bit hard to say because we don't really know if you're talking about cheating or if you're talking about, you know, ever since you met her, if there's other dudes who've shagged or were shagging or if this is from like all the way back. So I'm just going to go and throw in my own parameters and say, you know, who hasn't been shagged by any guys for most of her life. I'll probably just go with that. And to that, I will say probably not. I don't think it's the biggest flex that a guy can have, but I do feel like the biggest flex that a guy can have is when your babe is loyal, like when you know your babe is loyal, like that is a flex that a lot of guys can never come out and say, you know what, I'm sure she won't go and bang some other dude. Because with the kind of promiscuity that's out there, especially with the way babes are so big on doing it so rampantly nowadays, it's very hard for a guy to say that my woman won't cheat on me and be 100% sure that it won't actually happen. And the reason why I say this is when you kind of think about it, in as much as we'd like to talk about, oh, you know, guys prefer virgins or we don't want a woman who's been passed around, blah, blah, blah. I do feel like I'd much rather be with a babe who has shagged a few guys, not too many, just a few guys, but I'm sure is going to be loyal, probably because she's shagged, say, only the dudes that she dated and a couple of potentials here and there. Because I was I was talking to Wesley from the Life on Levels podcast. You should listen to him. Pretty good guy. And the guy was actually telling me something particularly interesting and we're talking about this thing because, you know, the whole body count talk has been there for a while. And the guy was like, you can't expect a babe to not have a body count these days. Because when you're trying to get into a relationship, there's probably going to be sex involved. And people are going to have sex because you think, oh, you know, I'm going to date this guy, blah, blah, blah. You give it up. Then there's being in the relationship where you guys will obviously have sex. And then assuming that you don't count the whole phase, you will find yourself in a situation where this babe has a body count of sorts. Now, even though she's dated three guys and, you know, had potential with about six dudes, that's already nine people that she's probably shagged. Now, you expect that, you know, maybe with you, you'll be the last one, blah, blah, blah. But there's that whole statistics of like, you know, 80% more likely in divorce if the body count is above 10. But can you really say that it was avoidable? Like it was almost unavoidable in the current society that we live in. So considering that a lot of people will have a lot of relations with different babes and different dudes and considering that a lot of those people do it within the same circle of friends or within the same circle or environment that they're in it's very hard to say that this would really count as a flex i feel like the biggest flex is if you know this babe won't cheat on you she's going to be faithful to you and she hasn't been ran through by the crew but considering that ran through by the crew normally doesn't even get dated in the first place it's just mainly the fact that you know that she's going to be faithful to you because i believe loyalty is so much more important for guys especially in the current day and age that we live in so in terms of flex i don't know maybe it's because i've seen the dating scene in nairobi and there's a lot of people that are shagging around even in relationships but i personally don't think that the biggest flex you can have is a babe who hasn't been shagged by other dudes i believe that the biggest flex is having a babe that you know is going to be loyal is going to be faithful and hopefully is going to have a very 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 low body count but that's just me and i'm gonna leave it at that and move it on so on to our very next tweet of this episode.
Men don't cheat because they find someone hotter. Adam Levine is married to a model. Ime Udoka is married to an actress. Men cheat because they want to, because they feel entitled to, because they have no respect for the women they made vows to. We find all kinds of ways of blaming the women who get betrayed though. She let herself go, she didn't make him feel valued or respected, she didn't prioritize his sexual needs. None of these are the reasons men cheat. Men cheat because they choose to. All of the aforementioned factors may be present or none of them may be, some men will still choose to cheat. That's entirely on them, let's get it straight. Okay, here's the thing. I want to agree, but I can't fully agree with what's been said here. Mostly because even though it's been said by a dude, I think there's a certain level of ignorance that this has been said by. It's almost like saying, you know what, this guy literally looked at another shorty and was like, you know what, fuck my wife, screw it, I do not give a shit about her, let me shag her. Of which I will tell you that in probably about 95% of all cheating cases, that's not really what happens. Like, that's not how dudes function. Like, not unless if you're in a toxic relationship where you absolutely treat your wife or your woman like garbage, that's probably not going to happen. And I'll even tell you why. It's because most guys cheat for about two main reasons and maybe a third. And normally I don't like including revenge cheating as the third one because it's not something the guys normally do. Because most guys wouldn't stay in a relationship after they've been cheated on. They just automatically choose to leave and go ahead and do their thing. Some will, but normally they don't, so I normally don't like to include that third reason. Because I usually like to classify it into two main reasons. One is external factors, two is internal factors, and it's kind of based off of how, or at least what drove the guy into cheating. So external factors is the simple one. Uh, there was a very fine shorty that was in front of him. She pretty much gave the signal, opened her legs. Dude was walking, slipped, fell into the vagina. I feel like I've used this example a ton of times but it's kind of the same thing. Or there's a babe in the office that's been really hitting on him or getting close to him and shit. All of a sudden, she pops a boob in his mouth. Boom, the guy's already doing it. That's a much simpler way of putting it. And that's simply a case of, you know, spirit was strong, flesh was weak, nigga ended up doing it. But now the more internal factors, which relates to, you know, within the relationship, is stuff like how the babe treated him or how the babe is or if the relationship isn't of good quality and the dude you know is being treated better out here than you know by the girlfriend at home and shit and that will also drive guys to cheat quite a bit now of course most guys are driven to go and bang another babe because of the reward feeling that comes from banging sometimes that's just you know the emotional vulnerability but there's that reward feeling that will drive a lot of guys to cheat but all in all none of those relate to blatant disrespect of their women like guys never think of it that way guys are usually remorseful and you know sometimes guys actually feel really bad about it but the problem is nowadays considering that people are like as long as she doesn't find out it's okay a lot of guys do still end up cheating like that and it's very unfortunate but it doesn't come from any point of disrespect but then again the babes never usually like to listen to whatever it is that i'm saying in regards to this shit so i'm gonna leave it at that and i'm gonna move it on so on to our very final tweet of this episode being a wife used to be about pleasing your husband now it's about getting as much attention as you can get from as many men as you can even if it's inappropriate. And we wonder why these men are hesitant to marry. Okay, so here's the thing. 
Guy's hesitation to marry is partially based on this. And to a certain degree, if I can sort of try and put it in a very simple way, the visible benefits of marriage for guys either do not require marriage nowadays or just aren't assured anymore. At least in probably about 90% of the cases. That's mostly why guys are very hesitant to marry. Now, of course, pleasing your husband uh, is something that will drive a lot of guys to choose whether to get married or not. Because nowadays, babes all about their independent shit and, you know, they want attention and everything. But I'd say it's mostly the visible benefits of marriage that just don't seem seen. Now, the visible benefits of marriage for most guys is the sex, the, the legacy which comes in the form of kids, and the loyalty and support that comes from having someone that you can refer to as your better half or your significant other. Now, you look at relationships back in the day, people weren't really having sex out of wedlock all that much. And I'm talking about, you know, like 60, like 50, 60, 70 years back. People weren't having sex outside of the relationship all that much. If it happened, especially if you're in a traditional community, there's like lower dowry, there's punishment for women and shit. So people weren't doing that. The kids would have to be in wedlock. If they're out of wedlock, it becomes an issue for the families and everything. And there's some sort of forced marriage. And you knew that the moment you were married, there was little to no chance of divorce. But nowadays, that's not exactly the case. Because you look at the current reality that we have nowadays, and none of those things require marriage or are assured when it comes to marriage. Because you look at the idea of having sex, and because people are having body counts, because you can have sex outside of the marriage, and it's normal hell, it's almost like a prerequisite to get into a relationship these days, then you know that the babe that you're getting isn't the only babe that you've smashed and won't see you as the only guy that she smashed except in very very rare cases so the benefits that come with you getting a babe that you shag doesn't require you to put a ring on it then you look at you know legacy that will come with kids people are having so many kids out of wedlock that even babes are now starting to become comfortable with the idea of having a child out of wedlock some of them are even pushing for it babes have actually started becoming more comfortable with the idea of even being single moms probably because they've seen quite a number of successful ones in their environment or you know spoken about in the media and shit then you look at the loyalty and that one's not assured you know the whole in sickness and in health for rich or for poor that shit is usually just said in church it's hardly ever meant to be true which is why guys nowadays are so scared of getting married or getting into long-term relationships when they're not in a good financial position because they're afraid that if things get tough and, you know, I fully invested myself in this relationship, sure, he's gonna bounce. So if I'm scared of that, then how hesitant do you think I'd be of marrying, you know? So to be very honest, yes, there is the pleasing your husband, which will come with the loyalty and the good treatment and the support and everything. But there's also the other benefits that would have come with marriage say a hundred years ago which you can't get right now or at least if you can you don't necessarily need to be married for it to happen and as a result if you have none of those benefits and the cons that come with marriage such as divorce where she can go with half of your shit you know the possible mistreatment and emotional abuse if your partner doesn't treat you all that well or if she gets too comfortable and guys aren't looking to get married because it just doesn't seem like a very good idea to do nowadays. Am I saying that it's a bad idea? No. But when you look at the pros and the cons on paper, the visible pros and cons from where we're looking at, which is, you know, as single guys and shit, 
then it doesn't actually look like a very very good idea for us which is why nowadays there's guys who are being told you know what go get her pregnant and then decide if you want to keep her but then again i might be wrong about all of this shit even though i am a dude so i want your thoughts on this the dms are open on twitter it is at bagak the d on facebook on ig it is at break time on our side thank you so much for listening all the way till the end and i will catch you guys on the next break <laughs>